everybody. Happy New Year and welcome into the MLB Extras Nationals podcast with Jamal Collier. I'm Tim McMaster, our first Nats podcast of 2019. Jamal, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. It's weird to say that. Sorry, 2019. 2019. We're recording this on January 3rd. And before we get to the latest on Bryce Harper and, and the rest of the Nationals offseason, I just wanted to get your take, Jamal, on what the Washington Nationals New Year's resolution should be for 2019. What do you think? Well, I, I think one of the things you're going to hear a lot of uh, you know, for the Nationals throughout the season, especially in spring training, uh, they didn't feel like they did the little things great last year. And I think doing the little things and just being kind of cleaning up fundamentals is probably the biggest thing that they um, are going to set as a resolution for, for themselves this, this next season. It's, it's kind of similar to the whole, you know, losing weight or working out kind of goal where it's a, it's a little kind of uh, thing that you have to work on every day. But, you know, they, they didn't run the bases very well last year. They weren't a good defensive team. Uh, they, they they had a lot of just little kind of gaps that they felt like um, that they could have cleaned up and that could have made a different season. I think that some of that's going to be personnel, you know, just the fact that Daniel Murphy moving on from him and having an upgrade at second base on defense, you know, you're not going to have Bryce Harper in center field theoretically next year. Victor Robles should be a huge upgrade on that. Um, it's just, you know, the catchers behind the plate should be a lot better and more mobile than Matt Wieters was. Um, so I think just in, in total, some of the personnel, but a lot of it's going to be some of the things that they emphasize and focus on in spring training and the way they're trying to build this roster to be a little bit younger and more athletic. So I think for the Nationals, uh, focusing on fundamentals and focusing on on uh, the quote unquote little things is, is going to be their kind of biggest resolution uh, or one of their biggest resolutions uh, that they're going to have to focus on for this next season to be successful. Do you think some of that falls on the fact that last year, a year ago, they had a first-year manager in Dave Martinez, and he was going through his first spring training, and there's a lot going on beyond just working on the in-game little things on the field because you're meeting a new roster, you're getting to know people. Does, does that play into it at all as, to, as far as why they came up short in some of those areas in 2018? I think they think so, and I think that that's one of the things that they are, are – looking at the, the unity of the coaching staff coming back and the continuity, you know, having those guys and having a, a, a you know, a unified message for a second straight year um, that, that, they, that that should help. I think that, that uh, the coaching staff also last year, you know, the spring training especially kind of really had a, a sort of a laid back attitude and, and they had a veteran team that they said, they know what they're doing and they didn't those weren't necessarily the, the biggest talking points in spring training last year and i think that you know the way they saw the season go the way they saw the season went that it's, it's um something that they this coaching staff has sat down and i've talked to dave martinez about this as well that you know they are going to emphasize that and focus on it and sometimes in the spring they're just not going to hit for a day or two and they're going to try to focus on cleaning those things up um i i probably disagree with that assessment a little bit i, I think that's how they feel i think it's, it had a lot to, more to do with personnel last year i think it was a it was an old roster it was an aging roster and one that kind of you know just did not lend itself to doing those kind of things well and i think that um you know when you have the, the guy Daniel Murphy coming off the knee injury you have uh you know not the most mobile first baseman on the roster you have uh you know Adams was playing a lot of left field and, and just they just had a lot of guys who were sort of out of place and same with Bryce Harper having to play center as much as he did that I think that led to just the defensive the, the defensive issues that they had um which I think was a lot of a lot of the kind of things that they're going to focus on but um you know Long story short, to say, I think that it, it had a couple of things, a couple of reasons why I think personnel was a pretty big one. But I think the the, the emphasis was not on that last year, starting at the start of the season, and it's going to be, uh, you know, as we get closer to West Palm Beach here in a, in a couple of weeks. All right, let's move back to Bryce Harper, and yeah. he's always uh, 
Somewhere in the thoughts of Nationals fans, for sure. And the longer this goes on, the more hope, I think, starts to build that, hey, maybe this guy could be back with the Nationals. Some interesting reports recently. It seems like this thing's not going to end anytime soon, that's for sure. But some conflicting reports as well as far as um, how many years different teams are offering and, and that kind of thing. So when you think of Harper, is is none of this going to really heat up? And are we not going to get any clear answers or true speculation until Manny Machado makes his decision? Do you get that feeling? Yes. Um, it, it's really, you know, as we, as we turn into 2019, and the fact that all of this still feels really, really uncertain um, is surprising to me. You know, I thought, I thought this would take a, a while. And I, I, would have, I would have not guessed that he would have signed before this, but I would have guessed that at some point now we maybe have a couple of different suitors or teams that, you know, jumped in or just you have just a better kind of clearer picture. And, and we really don't. And outside of the Phillies and White Sox, who we know are in and have expressed interest, um, we're not sure to what extent because there's now reports about how the, the one team may not go to won't go to 10 years or, or won't put up that kind of money. And, and, and it's really just difficult to tell who exactly is is in and, and to what extent. And I think that um, I'm not even sure once Manny Machado signs, how much more clarity we may get. Um, you know, obviously, if he goes to sign with, say, the Yankees and the Phillies, have obviously kind of been as public as they've been about trying to spend money, uh, that, you know, that, that would make them a pretty clear favorite and a pretty clear uh, pivot point for them to kind of go to. But um, it is. It is just really weird because I feel like the most of this offseason has been spent about teams, and I've said it before, you know, you know, selling, telling that they're not in, essentially, right? The Yankees have, have, have you know, listed anybody that, that will listen is to tell you that we're not in on Bryce Harper. The Dodgers cleared a bunch of payroll and cleared out some outfielders, and we think this is a Bryce Harper move, and then they kind of deny it. The Nationals have said they kind of put their 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 thing down, their uh, offer down early and start in the regular season. So it's just it, it's just really weird to see so many teams kind of go out of the way to to say we're not in. And I think that this is that's kind of been what's difficult for me is that at some point. Uh, somebody is not telling the truth. <laughs> you know, that, that Scott Boris and, and Bryce Harper are saying that they were there, and the, Scott Boris and his kind of his camp is saying that they're having meetings and they are got a bunch of interest and they're still confident they're going to get kind of the contract they were looking for. On the other hand, you have teams kind of all publicly saying that, um, that you know, they are not interested. I think that um, one of the things is that I've I, been impressed and surprised at just how kind of close to the best that most teams are kind of holding everything here because, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very difficult to read exactly who, um, you know, or where his potential landing spot is, is going to be at this point. I think that that is why you've seen as much of uh, the speculation as of late, you know, about him potentially going back and landing back with the, with the Nets. One of the yeah, it why. seems like the – the leaks surrounding Manny Machado seem to be greater than the leaks around Bryce Harper, which is interesting because some of the same teams are involved, obviously, yeah. on both players. Um, from the Nats standpoint, you know they tend to ling- still lingering, like you said, and and as far as ten years or what he gets, um, while they're lingering, is it still just that initial offer that they're they're hoping? that Harper eventually doesn't get anything better than the 10 years, 300 million, and he comes back to them? Or do you think they're staying in touch with the chance that they could bump up that offer at some point? And this is where I think uh, the most uncertainty lies and, and, and something I'm still have not, I don't have a great answer for. Uh, you know, Chelsea James in the Washington Post reported yesterday about the meeting 
between Bryce Harper and Ted Lerner right before Christmas, or excuse me, between Scott Boris and Ted Lerner right before Christmas uh, that Bryce Harper was also involved in. And, and Ted Lerner, of course, is the owner of the team uh, for about five hours. And those two kind of sat down to talk. And, and exactly what the nature of that meeting was, um, you know, we still, we're still unclear. Um, you know, on one hand, this could have been uh, that you know, the Nats, after they made that offer to, to Bryce, they kind of went about their offseason. They said, you know, the proverbial the, the door that's not closed on Bryce, and, and if he comes back around, then we can talk again. And I'm not sure if this was the instance of, all right, here's Bryce and, and Boris and company coming back around to see about that offer and see if it's on the table or see or go from there. Or, you know, if you believe kind of what uh, Jeff Passan also reported from ESPN on uh, yesterday is that, you know, these sides have been in contact multiple times. And that would lead me to believe that this that wasn't a, a circle back meeting to see if that initial offer was on the table, that these two sides have been in some kind of negotiations that they have been talking back and forth as much as they have. And if that's the case, then you're probably talking about the Nats being more um, interested and more kind of aggressive suitors than they've also led on to believe. And and I think that, you know, the Nationals in particular play very, very um, coy about Bryce and kind of letting every, you know, letting it linger out that they are interested or letting it linger out that they could kind of jump back into this thing just because, you know, if he, you know, if they're not interested truly, um, and people think they are, then obviously that could kind of raise, raise his price tag for, say, the Phillies or for the other team that wants to sign him. Um, and if they are interested, they don't want everybody to know that because maybe if there's not a whole lot of suitors in there, they can kind of jump in and get him at that same price that they kind of initially put down. And I think that that's just kind of the tricky dynamic and why you've seen so many teams um, reluctant to to make their kind of intentions public. Uh, because I think that, you know, when you're dealing with this kind of money and dealing with this kind of contract and these kind of years, um, there's so many things that go into it and it's so complicated and, there's, and everybody's trying to, to get a leg up on each other. So, you know, that thing is, I, it's still just kind of difficult to read exactly what that meeting meant or kind of what came from that meeting. Um, because we've seen before when Boris goes to, uh, to ownership and goes to the NAS ownership in the Pacific, um, you know, they come away with deals before and, and Max Scherzer, it kind of was the big one a couple of years ago, and Matt Weeders kind of uh, more recently. So, um, you know, as time will tell exactly what comes from it or what, you know, what exactly was discussed at that meeting. But as of right now, uh, we still don't really have a whole lot of detail other than knowing that these two sides met, um, which isn't that unusual because, you know, these two sides meet a whole lot and they talk a whole lot and they're in constant contact. The great thing about the Nationals' uh, position that we've talked about before is that their outfield is fine if yeah. Bryce Harper doesn't come back. But there are other areas that they still need to take care of during this offseason. Now, they made some moves, obviously. They've upgraded the starting rotation, but then during the winter meetings, they traded away Tanner Roark. They've now signed Anibal Sanchez. So where does the starting rotation sit right now? Do they still want to go out and add one more piece? You know, I think as of right now, it doesn't appear that way. I think they feel pretty good about their rotation. Um, you know, Joe Ross would probably slide into that fifth spot. I think the only kind of other signings you see them go for right now are, are the kind of depth signings, guys who can come in and compete for a spot in spring training, uh, potentially push Joe Ross for the fifth spot or, or just kind of provide depth in case somebody gets hurt. But, um, yeah, I think I think Anibal Sanchez was their replacement for Tanner. He's going to slide into that number four spot. They obviously feel good about the, the big three in the front. Um, and I think that they, you know, they think this rotation is, has got a chance to be one of the best, and I, and I, I agree with it. Um, obviously, if you can keep Strasburg and Corbett healthy throughout an entire season, if Annabelle Sanchez can kind of you know, replicate what he did last year, you know, you've got a chance for four really, really good pitchers at the top of that rotation. And Joe Ross um, is also some bit of, a bit of a wild card. I mean, he was really good a couple of years ago, kind of before the injury, and they, they still – 
are confident or somewhat confident that he has some of that that he showed from 2016 still in him. So I think that, you know, right now, um, something would have to kind of fall into their lap for them to make another big major ad on the starting pitching front. Um, but that's just an area that they are very aggressive in in general, especially if, if they don't have any kind of big money to, to dole out for Bryce Harper or anything. Uh, for the rest of the offseason, I could see them kind of searching for value um, and starting pitching. But but other than that, I think that they feel pretty good about where, where they are right now with their rotation. And then, of course, there's second base. And there's still so many second basemen out there on the market. DJ LeMayu, Harrison, Jed Lowry, Marwan Gonzalez can play everywhere, Brian Dozier. Different types of guys because there's guys that maybe are looking for one-year deals versus multiple-year deals. The Nats have continued to say they're not super concerned about second base. They do have pieces within as well. So where do they stand right now? I mean, what what direction do you think they go here over the next month to – decide for good what they're going to do at second base yeah i, I think the second the start the opening day second baseman is not on the roster right now I, I, i'm pretty i do think they're going to sign somebody and i think it's because like you mentioned there's so many second basemen on the market and there's such an influx of, of talent and of guys who can fit in a lot of different ways where they want to sign a guy for a one-year deal and kind of have him as a stopgap um before carter Keyboom is ready you know later this year or early next year you know they can get a guy who can maybe be a multiple year deal and you can have them for this year and next year and you can kind of move to the bench and, and have some versatility and come off the bench and play some different roles. Um, I just think there's, there's so many guys that fit that could fit potentially to their roster and fit to their needs right now. And it probably won't be that expensive just because of the kind of glut of options on the market. But I just think that they're going to find somebody. And I think this is, um, you know, they, they have a, a couple of different people they've reached out to the Josh Harrison's to Jed Lowry's the Marvel Gonzalez's uh, DJ LeMahieu, of course, is kind of the big one um, that I think that they're going to find somebody and find a fit eventually here. Just kind of the question of who is it going to be and, and what makes the most sense for them. But um, I, I now feel after the winter meetings and after the, the break here that really, you know, relatively confidently, they're going to probably sign somebody um, to somebody else to play second base and kind of bump Howard Kendrick to that kind of bench hybrid role that they initially envisioned for. Uh, despite a disappointing 2018, MLB.com did a poll of uh, experts around the company about 2019 and the Nats were the overall winner as far as winning the National League East. Yeah. Surprised at all by that, Jamal, or does that make sense to you? Uh, you know, I was a little surprised uh, at first. I, I think um, the, the way this roster is set up, and, and it's, it's, you know, free agency, obviously, in, in the market this winter has, has, has been a bit slow, and there's still a lot of kind of things that have to fall. Um, you know, but the Nats have, have pretty much done a lot of their, their heavy lifting. You know, Bryce is obviously kind of the big one, but, you know, they have had – pretty much a finished offseason. You look at their team right now, they are the most complete team on paper in this division. Um, I think, you know, I think I also, in, in, that, in that same poll, think right now that the Nationals, I would pick to win the National League East. Um, um, you know, obviously what the Braves and Phillies and what the Phillies especially do for the rest of the offseason is going to, you know, be pretty big determined in that. But, you know, as of right now, I, I think that without knowing the Phillies have signed Machado or Harper or get anybody, I think that the Nationals have still the most complete team, which is, again, a testament to them thinking about the disappointing year that they've had, the fact that Bryce Harper is not currently on this roster, um, the fact that they still have a, a team that looks like it's a, a 90-95 win team and should be able to compete in what, you know, is going to be a really fun and really tough division. Um, it's just kind of, I guess, the credit to the way this roster has been built. Um, they have a chance to be really fun and exciting next year if Juan Soto and Victor Robles and Anthony Rendon and Trey Turner kind of at the at the front, uh, position player-wise, and of course with 
you know, your, three, your big three starting pitches with Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin, um, and do a little at the end. I mean, it's, it's a team that still has a really, really, really strong core, and it's going to be really good with or without Bryce Harper next year. And I think that they feel good about that, um, knowing that they still have that, you know, protection extra, extra wild card to play if Bryce does. They can make a deal that's for Bryce to get back. Yeah, in a lot of ways, they're ahead of uh, most of baseball as far yeah. as what they've gotten done and, and how they are set up heading into spring training 2019. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the podcast. You can find Jamal on Twitter at Jamal Collier, and I'm on there at MLB underscore McMaster. This podcast and all of our MLB Extras Club podcast can be found at MLB.com backslash podcast or on Apple Podcasts and Google Play as well. That'll do it for this one. Thanks for listening. <laughs>